Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Devraga Personal Finance, Episode 98. And in this episode, we will discuss self-education expenses and tools and equipment related to deductions. This is part of my ongoing series on tax deductions, particularly work-related. I've done previous episodes on work-related expenses, home office expenses, car expenses, laundering expenses, so go back and listen to them if you haven't already. This is part five of the six-part tax series. Now, tax deductions is a really important part of personal finance, and we all need to do it right. Who knows? You may be eligible for something that you were unaware of. So it's important to claim legitimately uh, because you may be eligible for deductions and claims um, that um, you may not be aware of. Um, and I think it's important to be educated and empowered with that knowledge and take that information to your professional tax accountant. For those of you that are new to the channel, remember there are three main aims. The first one is to be educated, be educated about finances, get your financial literacy up. The second one is to be empowered, use that knowledge, be empowered and take it to your professional advisors. And the third one, of course, is to be entertained. Just a bit of a disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor, not an accountant, not a lawyer, nor am I a financial planner. Make sure you take any financial decisions you want to make after listening to one of my episodes to your qualified expert advisor. But in terms of broad concepts and broad principles, if you're stuck on what to do, here are some simple steps to get you in the right track when it comes to saving, investing, and personal finance in general. In my humble view, there are five easy steps which anybody could follow. Step one is pay yourself first. What does that mean? Take 20% of your after-tax income and put it aside. That is your pay yourself money, never to be touched ever again. Step two is invest that money, ideally into something that you understand or want to understand. For me, I understand the stock market, I understand index funds, so I just buy index funds. Step three is you might get dividends from those investments, so make sure that you reinvest those dividends back into the investment. The power of compounding by doing this is phenomenal. Step four is do it for the long term. Long term is not five, 10 or even 15 years, I'm talking minimum 20, 30, 40 plus years. The longer you do it, the better it is, which means the earlier you start, the better it is. Step five is automate this process. Automate the pay yourself, automate the investments, automate the reinvestment dividends and do it forever. If you do those five simple steps, you're more likely to end up with more money than you'll ever need. And remember, money is just a tool. It doesn't bring you happiness. Use it as a tool to make your life a little bit better, but most importantly, to make the lives of people around you a lot better. Now, before we go on to the main topic, which is about deductions when it comes to self-education expenses, tools and equipment, 
I want to give a shout out to Raymond, who contacted me via Facebook in relation to my episode about angel investing and venture capital, which was episode 92. Um, and he talked about something called early stage innovation company. And I think it's something that I didn't talk about. Um, and it's a new thing. And it's, and it's fantastic that he's um, alerted me to that. Now, this is something actually I wasn't aware of, but basically what happens is an investor can be eligible for tax incentives if they invest in a company which is an early stage innovation company. The company must be eligible as soon as new shares are issued and doesn't have to be recognized as ESIC, that's early stage innovation company all the time, but they need to be eligible and recognized at the time of share issuance. So what determines a company to have the early stage innovation company status? Well, the early stage test has these requirements. Number one, they have to be incorporated. They have to be ABN registered. Number two is the expenses has to be less than a million dollars in the 12 months preceding. And number three is that they need to have an assessable income of less than $200,000 in the preceding year. And and not all, they need to meet the 100-point innovation test or principle-based innovation test. Now, if you're interested in what those 100-point tests are or the principle-based innovation tests are, you can go to the ATO's website. They have plenty of information about it. So thank you very much to Raymond and shout out for the tip there. Now to the main topic, what are self-education expenses? This is when you need to basically upgrade your skills or knowledge base as part of your work activities. Now this is relevant, for example, particularly in medicine, health-related professionals, IT professionals, really a lot of professions have this requirement that you need to update and upgrade your skill set to be able to continue to work in the relevant field. Now, the course that you do in terms of self-education must usually lead to a formal qualification. So it has to be an additional qualification in addition to your current qualification. So this is a little bit different to just going on conference leave, for example. Usually, it should result in increased likelihood for a higher income in your own work. So, for example, you can't claim self-education expenses if the education you chose to do does not relate to your current employment. Let's talk about an example here. Let's say you're a tradesperson, but then you decide to do a photography course. Even though you're gaining knowledge and even though you may be joining a course which gives you credentials and qualifications which can be income generated, um, income generating, beg your pardon, because the mm -hmm. photography course has got nothing to do with your employment as a tradesperson, it's not claimable. And the other thing is you can't claim self-education expenses if that contributes to a brand new form of employment. Here's another example. This is actually quite common. Supposing you've worked as a nurse and then you go on to do medicine to become a doctor, the cost of becoming a doctor is not claimable. This I actually found quite surprising, even though becoming a doctor is an income-producing activity and leads to a higher qualification, a higher degree for the most part. So what about if you're on a scholarship? It depends on whether the scholarship is a taxable scholarship or a non-taxable scholarship or a tax-free scholarship program. Now, if it's taxable, then if you choose to fund um, uh, that to perform self-education expenses, um, then you can claim a deduction because the 
you know, scholarship is taxable. So because you pay tax on it, you can claim a deduction on any expenses for self-education leading to higher degrees. Now, if the scholarship is not taxable, then you are not allowed to claim the deduction because the scholarship, you're not paying any tax on it. So you can't claim deductions when you don't pay any tax. Now, remember, deductions are only for those people that pay tax. Um, I've been asked a few times, look, my, I don't have any taxable income. Can I actually claim a tax deduction? Well, no, because you're not paying any tax. Now, so uh, some years ago, I think about 10 or 15 years ago, there was a medical scholarship called MRBS. Um, I think it was called Medical Rural Bonded Scholarship, where candidates got paid about $20,000 indexed um, every year for about six years for the undergraduate training or postgraduate training, depending on what pathway they took. Now, if you took that pathway, that particular scholarship is non-taxable. It's a tax-free scholarship. So using that money to actually do self-education doesn't entitle you to claim um, you know, tax deductions, even if that self-education is you know, technically allowed as part of your degree. So what sort of things then are claimable when it comes to self-education? Um, well, it's self-education courses and professional courses that increase your you know, earning capacity and lead to generally a formal qualification, but also associated with that, ancillary expenses. So for example, overnight accommodation and meals, it has to be overnight. Car expenses associated with that, computer consumable expenses, courses and tuition fees, um, the decline in value, uh, the depreciation associated with the um, uh, you know, tools that you might be using, purchase of new equipment required for study or their repairs or decline in value, any interest payments um, on any cost as a result of the study, home office expenses, parking, internet, phone expenses, student union fees, textbooks and journals, travel expenses between home and study or workplace and study place. A lot of these things are actually claimable. So please check with your tax accountant or your tax professional to make sure that your situation actually qualifies. What about help debt? Previously called HEX debt, Higher Education Contribution Scheme. I think now it's called Higher Education Loan Program. Is it claimable? No, because any fees associated um, um, is is uh, uh, any fees associated with the course is claimable, but not your help debt itself, because the help debt is you know it really is an interest free loan from the government for you to be able to study. Um, it's a very fantastic system, I think, compared to other countries. Um, so unfortunately, help debt is not claimable as a tax deduction. What expenses are not claimable? Um, so again, help debt is not claimable. Student financial supplement scheme is not claimable. The VET student program um, scheme is not claimable. Trade support loan programs are not claimable. Their loans have to be paid back. Student startup loan repayments, they're not claimable. Their loans have to be paid back. Your home rent, your home mortgage is not claimable, even if you study at home. Your interest on that is not claimable. Your rates, your council rates are not claimable. Any accommodation or meals where you're not having an overnight stay, that is not claimable. So it's very similar to conference leave when you can only claim overnight conference um, accommodation or meals. So it's kind of the same principles here. So from a self-education expenses, um, just reiterating, you know, this is when you need to upgrade your skills and knowledge base as part of your work activities. So this is very relevant um, um, to a lot of professions and the course must usually lead to you to a formal qualification and usually should result in increased likelihood for our income. So those are the three things that you need to really think about if you're going to claim self-education expenses. Does it tick those boxes?
So that's about it. Now, before I officially finish up about the self-education, um, there's been debate in the medical field. Um, I know a lot of listeners are doctors uh, about paying for college fees during your training. Is this claimable? So for non-doctors, what tends to happen in the medical profession is once you do medicine, that's not it. You need to do internship. You need to do residency programs. Then you need to apply for a formal fellowship qualification programs. If you want to be a cardiologist, for example, you need to apply for a physician fellowship training program and then apply for cardiology called the Advanced Physician Training Program. There's a fair bit of hoops and hurdles that doctors have to jump through. So it takes about sort of 10 to 11 years to become a doctor in terms of fellowship. That includes general practice, surgeons, um, specialists, and some specialists can even be longer, 15 to 20 years since the start of medical school. So during that training program, some of the colleges charge fees. So, um, you know, the College of Surgeons may charge, you know, $6,000 in fees per year for you to be able to study to become a surgeon. So the question is, you know, is that claimable? So let's use an example here. So Ray um, is a doctor working as a surgical registrar and he's training to be a surgeon. This is going to take at least five to six years. Um, each year he needs to pay the College of Surgeons fees, which is around $6,000, I guess, for the privilege of being a surgical registrar, for what it's worth. Is that $6,000 claimable? Now, you'll need to check with your accountant, but applying the ATO rules, I'd say it leads to a higher qualification. That's a tick box. It leads to a higher income, which is going to be achievable if you get that fellowship. That ticks the box um, and learning specific skills related to your existing work. So the registrar is learning medicine and surgery that's related to their work. Uh, so it looks like it checks off all of the boxes, but you need to check off with your accountant. So I'd say I think it's a legit claim, but I'd be interested to hear from registrars who are having to pay these college fields whether the ATO is rejecting or whether your accountant has specifically said you're not allowed to claim it. Um, I really want to hear from you because it's, it's a very important question that gets asked a lot on online forums. So according to the ATO, just going by what their rule books are, you should be able to claim that college fees on a yearly basis. But here's the thing. Ray then pays $12,000 for his fellowship exams and passes. Is this claimable? Well, I'm not sure about this one because that's just an exam. Is that, a, is that some sort of a self-education expense? It kind of is like a hurdle to be able to get your ticket. You don't actually learn from exams. You're trying to apply your learnings to an exam to get over that hurdle to get your fellowship. So I don't know whether fellowship exams and the costs associated with them are actually claimable. Uh, I would be very keen to hear from registrars across the board, general practice, physician training, surgical training, whatever it is, to see what your real life experience has been. Because again, there's a variable opinion about this as to whether the exam cost associated with writing your fellowship exams is actually claimable. So it's a very, very interesting topic and we could go on and on. There's varying opinions about it. Check with your accountant, check with the ATO, maybe apply for a private ruling. That might be a way to go. So if it isn't claimable, then I think that's a bit of a, you know, bit of a, you know, boo-boo, to be honest, paying, you know, $12,000 for exams, um, you know, uh, or even six or any, any amount of money to get the exams. It's just a huge expense for registrars, um, which they have to endure just to get their fellowship. And the thing is, it's kind of a monopoly, you know, to become a surgeon, you need to write those exams. It's not as if you have an alternative. Um, so drop me a link, uh, drop me a line if you know the answer to that question and see what your personal experiences have been. So that is self-education. 
The next topic is about tools and equipment. So, you know, if you buy a tool or equipment which helps you earn your income, then technically it is claimable. So if you use the tool to um, do some private work, then you need to apportion the amount you use for work-related expenses. So you can't claim the entire tool and equipment. Now, there are two main ways of claiming deductions. Um, if the item is less than 300 bucks in general, then you just claim an instant tax deduction. If the item is greater than 300 bucks, then you'll need to claim for the decline in value. Now, something a little bit different to instant asset write-off, which is slightly different, I want to talk a little bit about that because that's more for businesses. That's not for your personal individual claiming. Now, if you own a business, particularly there's a huge reward that the government is giving for small business owners, is between 12th of March 2020 and 31st of December 2020. So that is still active. Um, if you buy an asset associated with your business that is income producing or helps you increase your income, then immediately you can claim up to $150,000 um, of cost per asset. I believe it's per asset, not the total claim. Correct me if I'm wrong. It used to be $30,000, but that's gone up to $150,000. And I think they're doing that because they want to encourage businesses to buy equipment and plant to be able to grow their business because of what's happened with COVID. So now that restrictions in Victoria and most of Australia have actually eased significantly, places like movie theatres, restaurants, um, you know, landscaping businesses, um, cleaning businesses, um, computer shops, whatever it is, retail especially, they're all starting to open up. So this is a great opportunity. If you have some spare cash and if you unfortunately survived the COVID crisis of your business, then this might be an option for you to claim up to $150,000 per asset purchase. Now, you can't go and buy a supercar. Um, this has been asked by a number of doctors. Unfortunately, the answer is no. So um, there's a common misconception in the public that doctors all drive supercars. We don't. And doctors can't all buy supercars using the instant asset allocation, uh, instant asset deduction prince, um, uh, uh, policy by the ATO. The maximum you can claim with a 2021 financial year for a car for an instant asset is around $51,136. So unfortunately, it's under the threshold of a Tesla, which is unfortunate. But anyway, um, so you can't um, also claim instant asset write-offs as part of a capital works project. So you can't just randomly build an extra building right next to your business um, because that's a capital project and you can't claim it as an instant asset write-off. So that's just a side nomer. That's not for personal claiming. Remember, that's for business. Coming back to personal claiming, there are two ways of claiming deductions for your tools and equipment. If it's less than $300, then you can claim it as an instant tax deduction. If it's greater than $300, then you'll need to claim it as a decline in value. And there's actually methods for you to be able to do that. So what are some of the examples of tools and equipment that you can claim as an individual um, as part of your, um, uh, as part of your um, you know, work? Well, computers, tablets, software, calculators, filing cabinets, desks, chairs, lamps, and you know, furniture. You can claim uh, uh, tools such as spanners, work sets, drill sets, hammers, grinders, saws, sanders, protective items such as safety vests, eye vests, I'm sorry, eye equipment for protection, hats, safety uh, sunglasses, which is interesting. Um, so I didn't realize sunglasses were actually claimable. Sunscreen. So that's interesting. I didn't know that sunscreen was claimable. 
um, and some cosmetic products are also claimable. So there you go. I did not know that. Uh, professional library. If you need to have a professional library as part of your work, then yeah, you can claim it. Handbags, briefcases, satchels, um, you know, definitely are claimable. Um, I know many listeners are doctors, so this includes medical equipment, otoscopes, op ophthalmoscopes, dermoscopes, surgical loops, theatre shoes. These items are very, very expensive for doctors. So, um, you know, if it helps you do your job, um, then I would suspect that is claimable, but check with your accountant. So um, uh, you can also claim any repairs or insurance costs for your tools or equipment, or you can also claim the decline in value. So there's a fair bit of flexibility in what items you can claim, which is related to your work as part of your tools and equipment. I just want to go into the sunscreen and cosmetics element of it um, and sunglasses element of it. I didn't realize that you can actually claim sunscreen, cosmetics and sunglasses, uh, which I found very interesting. Um, what sort of things need to be fulfilled in order to claim these items? So you can't just randomly go and buy a sunglass and claim it. First of all, the cosmetic product has to have sunscreen in it. Second of all, you must have work exposure to direct sunlight. So the obvious one will be lifeguards, um, road workers, for example, that are constantly out in the sun. Uh, and and it's, it's really important because you need to protect your skin because Australia has a very high rate of skin cancer. So I think this is a very good move by the ATO to encourage people to do the right thing in their workplace by protecting themselves. You don't need to get sick or get ill as a result of your work. So I think that's a good thing that we have to claim these things. Um, you need to ensure that the cosmetic product is marketed as a sun product and not specifically as a cosmetic product. So if you wear a cosmetic product that happens to have sun protection, that is not claimable. It has to be marketed as a sun product if it is a cosmetic product. And of course it needs to be TGA approved as a sunscreen product, which I think if you wanna sell sunscreen in Australia, I would suspect that it has to be TGA approved and has to be rated for temperatures. So I'd be surprised if any of the sunscreen out there is not TGA approved because I don't think that's allowed. And most people just go with the Council Council um, recommendations anyway. So that's about it for tools and equipment. And that's also about it for self-education expenses. Thank you very much for the questions, likes and comments. Um, I do have one more episode on deductions um, and it's going to be about some unknown deductions such as election expenses. We've just had a big election in the United States and this might not be relevant to the North American, but I thought it'd be interesting to speak about election deductions. What if you were to run for office or what if you did political contributions? Is that deductible? So I'll talk about that next. Income protection, of course. Um, ATO interest, if you have ATO debt, is that deductible? cost of managing your tax affairs and more topics to come as well. And that will sort of officially conclude our tax work-related deduction series, um, which is six-part series there. Please make sure you give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcast or any podcasting app that you're using at the moment. It really does help promote the podcast and so more and more people can download and listen to it. And as you know, share it as you will. Um, it's a free podcast to improve financial literacy. And if you really want, leave a review. Um, and uh, as promised, if there's any creative reviews or interesting reviews, I will read them out live on the episode. Remember to like Devraga Facebook page. I'm now on Twitter. I'm also on LinkedIn. So connect with me on LinkedIn if you're interested. Shout out to all the questions and comments and topic suggestions. Of course, share this channel on Anchor, CastBox, Apple or Google, Spotify, whatever it is platform that you use to listen. So thank you very much for your support. And remember, always pay yourself first. 
take that 20% of after-tax income and put it aside, never to be touched or seen and always to be invested forever. And learn about income and deductions. Think about self-education expenses, tools and equipment. And thanks again for Raymond for the tip about the early stage innovation company. And if you're a registrar and you have a deferring advice about your self-education expenses, particularly with relation to writing exams and the cost of writing exams, contact me. I'll be very interested to hear your story. This is Dev Riker, Personal Finance, episode 98. And as always, please stay safe. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com covered.